there. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Mo Bella is our guest. Bella, Mr. Bella served in President Obama's administration as the Director of Administration and Senior Advisor in the Office of Vice President Joe Biden. That stint was the second White House appointment for Mr. Bella, who served as Chief Financial Officer and Senior Advisor on Hispanic Affairs for Vice President Al Gore. Mr. Bella holds the distinction of being the first Hispanic American and gay American to serve twice in a senior executive role in the White House. He is also on the Board of Directors for transparent business uh, the on the uh, afternoon uh, before the Democratic uh, debate. Uh, let's uh, bring him on board to talk about this and get a preview. Uh, Mr. Mo Vela is in the house. Mr. Vela, thank you for joining us. Really honored to have you with us, sir. Good afternoon. Leslie, my goodness, the honor is mine. I'm like a big fan of yours. Thank you for having me on. Well, I was going to say, I was going to leave my husband for you, but you're gay, so forget it. No, just <laughs> I always li- I no. like Latin men. I thought he was Latin. He was Indian. I was mistaken. But I'm, I'm, I'm just joking, Mr. Vela. Good to have you with us. Well, we have the oh, final please, debate. Please but- call me Mo. Okay, Mo. Uh, the final debate before the Iowa caucus uh, is tonight. Uh, it's, there yep. are new challenges out there uh, for everyone on that stage in the Democratic presidential field. There's so much to talk about. I want to start first with diversity. Cory Booker is out. Patrick Duvall, Cory Booker, uh, Kamala Harris, and others talk about the lack of diversity on that stage. As a Hispanic man, does that matter, and should that matter to the Democrats, or do we say much like my tweet, which I'm sure you saw earlier today, whose fault is that we, the voters, have the power to put diversity on that stage? What do you say? I I couldn't agree with you more. I'm in total concurrence with you, and I'll tell you why. Let me. Uh, this is going to surprise some folks, I think, maybe even you, that as a gay and a, and a Hispanic, that you know, I think this is when identity politics. This is probably when it. I think it's gone a little bit awry. Um, I don't. You know, I, I'm not. You know. I haven't formally endorsed anybody, but I, for example, I'm not uh, supporting Mayor Pete, and I wouldn't support him just because he's gay and I'm gay. I didn't support Julian Castro. I'm Hispanic, and he's Hispanic. So the answer is diversity uh, is the most powerful um, tool there is to humanity, in my opinion, diversity of thought, diversity of culture, diversity of gender, orientation across the board, Leslie. But, but, but that said... I think you are spot on. The power was in the is in the voters. And so when I saw Julian Castro complaining that the primary process was skewed, Cory Booker has said it, that starting with Iowa and New Hampshire is not fair and so on and so forth. And I'm like, hey, you guys, the last time I checked in uh, Democratic politics and the primary process, if you're going to run for president of the United States, you have to be able to convince every voter to vote for you, not just people that look like you. So if you can't win Iowa and New Hampshire and you didn't resonate with those voters, it's not because that's where the primary started or the caucus started. It's because maybe your message didn't resonate or you didn't resonate or you didn't connect. So um, let's talk about let's talk. Let's talk about that caucus in Iowa. Polls show a tightly bunched top tier um, ahead of the caucuses on February 3rd. Uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders at the top, followed by Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, former South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, and former Vice President Joe Biden in fourth place all have real shots of victory. A couple of things here. One, 
you know, we saw in 2016 that we couldn't trust the polls. If we could, Hillary Clinton would have been our president and not just the uh, winner of the popular vote, but the Electoral College as well. Do you think something is going on here, Mo? And I ask because, I mean, we have seen Pete Buttigieg like shot up to the shoot up to the top. Same for Elizabeth Warren. Now Bernie has. It's almost like somebody's truly pulling strings, at least when it comes to polls in Iowa. And it's not like it's different polls. It's the Des Moines Register that is one that keep that usually very uh, reliable that keeps um keeps showing this. Why do you think? Do you think that the Democratic voters are fickle, and when they like something somebody says, they all uh, gather and flock almost like lemmings to that one candidate? Or do we need to be weary of some of these poll numbers? I think we need to be wary of some of these poll numbers. And, and I kind of look for patterns, to be honest with you. I'm with you. I don't trust them anymore because I went to bed on, the, you know, Hillary's election thinking we were going to be, you know, celebrating the next morning. So I'm with you. I don't trust them anymore. But what I do look for is consistency. And so one thing I have noticed, for example, is that Joe Biden has been at the top nationally consistently. Iowa fluctuates, New Hampshire fluctuates, uh, he, you know, but you can see some patterns. Um, as for the surging Bernie Sanders type thing, Pete, Mayor Pete, uh, you know, going down in some polls, you see Bloomberg making a little move. I thought Amy Klobuchar would make a move. Um, I just don't trust them, Leslie. So I don't know that it's we're, that we Democratic voters are fickle as much as I think what it demonstrates is that people just haven't made up their minds yet. You know, we've got a lot of talented and formidable candidates. And, um, I, you know, it's, it's a hard decision because I think we're all so vulnerable and scared right now. I know I am. I wake, every, I wake up every morning stressed because I'm like, how much worse can it get? You know, how much more hateful can this man be, you know? And I'm like, we've got to make the right decision as voters so that we can get rid of him. And so I just think people haven't decided, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with everything that you um, said there. Uh, let's talk about Iowa and New Hampshire, Iowa especially, 91% white. Iowa does not represent our party, the Democrats, or our nation. Uh, Joe Biden does very well with Hispanics and the best out of anybody left, right, center, beyond with African-Americans. Can Joe Biden or anybody lose Iowa and win? We've seen it happen before. Bill Clinton is an example. Um, how how important is winning Iowa? Um, it, you know, I, I mean, for fundraising, uh, for support and also just for optics. I think, look, from an optics perspective, you know, you don't want to you don't want to start off with a loss, right, for any of them. However, the, my humble opinion, to answer your question, is I think that uh, in this particular instance, I think Joe Biden can lose Iowa. He could even lose New Hampshire, and I still think he can be the nominee uh, because I, I feel pretty confident in saying that he's going to hold on pretty strongly in South Carolina and probably pull out Nevada. So he can quickly right the ship. Um, Bill Clinton, is, to your point, um, remember he called himself the comeback kid in New Hampshire, and I don't think he got first place in New Hampshire. I think he got second place, and he still called himself the comeback kid, if I'm not mistaken. So it can be done. Uh, and I think that with Joe Biden, that could possibly be the case. Um, however, I'm not entirely sure anybody else other than Bernie Sanders, maybe Elizabeth Warren, 
could could uh, you know have the same scenario and be successful. Um, so the answer is, I think it could happen this time that somebody could lose Iowa. Mainly, and I do agree with you. It doesn't look like the rest of America. But to my earlier point, it can't be your excuse. You know, um, you can't pull out the I can't pull out the gay and Latino card because white women in Iowa didn't like me. I mean, you know, that's not necessarily fair either, right? All right, no, that that's true. We're going to take a break, Mo. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the debate. Uh, we'll talk about what's going on in the Middle East, obviously, uh, specifically with Iran, uh, talking about the looming impeachment trial in the Senate uh, and more, what we're looking for, things like that. Mo Vela is with us, who served in President Obama's administration as the director of administration and senior advisor in the office of Vice President Joe Biden. Also, he was a chief financial officer and senior advisor on Hispanic Affairs for Vice President Al Gore. Um, and he is the first Hispanic American and gay American to serve twice in a senior executive role in the White House. Uh, additionally, I think I mentioned he's on the board of directors of Transparent Business. We'll be back after this. We're back with Mo Vela, President uh, Obama's uh, director of administration and a senior advisor in the office of Vice President Joe Biden, also chief financial officer and senior advisor on Hispanic affairs for Vice President Al Gore. Like I said, first Hispanic and gay American to serve twice in a senior executive role in uh, the White House. And also, I think I had mentioned that he is a board director for Transparent Business. Uh, Mo, thank you for holding a welcome back. We are talking about the Democratic uh, debates tonight, having a little preview. Uh, Mo, the Middle East, uh, there the crisis is rising. Uh, the president is increasingly and his administration at odds with Iran. Will Iran take center stage or foreign policy take center stage tonight? And who do you think will come out uh, strong? Because that's one area that I thought uh, former Vice President Biden was very strong with uh, the last debate uh, due to uh, his experience, not only as a vice president, but being a politician and working in so many administrations and working with uh, Republicans for so long. Yeah, I, I honestly, Leslie, I hope it does take uh, at least a good chunk of tonight's debate. Um, at least a good portion is dedicated to foreign policy because um, I think what we saw here was uh, after we just heard the Secretary of Defense say he never saw the intelligence that the president is claiming that he relied on. I think we've been completely misled, and this was what we were all uh, – this was all of our nightmare with Donald Trump, that he had access to uh, our military as the commander-in-chief and was going to do something petty and impulsive, and sure enough, he's done it. Um, so I hope they do focus on it. And who will benefit? In my opinion, I agree with you. By, you know, bar none, it helps Joe Biden when we talk about foreign policy as a former chairman of the Foreign Policy Com uh, Foreign Affairs Committee and, you know, on a first-name basis with dozens and dozens of world leaders for the last 40 years, um, and, of course, his eight years as vice president, uh, as you uh, said. So I think it helps him a lot. Um, you'll, I think you're going to see Bernie go after him again on the Iraq vote, um, Iraq, I should say. Um, and, frankly, it, Amy uh, Klobuchar and uh, Mayor Pete and Elizabeth Warren and Tom Steyer, I think – it really is a disadvantage to them when we talk about foreign policy, because, frankly, they just don't have a lot of it, you know. Um, so I, it's not going to be a good whatever number of minutes for them on this. And I think Bernie will probably um, look a little bit petty by keep 
continuing to go back to this Iraq vote because Hillary Clinton voted that way, as did 70 senators vote that way. They were, you know, misled, as we all uh, unfortunately recall, and so on and so forth. So I think I hope it's center stage. I really do. Um, I do, too. Um, uh, and speaking of center stage, how much do you think impeachment will play a role in tonight's debate? In Washington, we have the looming Senate impeachment trial that could soon yes. command the national spotlight. There will be the articles of impeachment allegedly sent over tomorrow. Um, so uh, how much will in- impeachment come up and should it come up? Because it really doesn't seem to weigh into voters, even uh, Democrats, uh, a decision on who they would vote for. Yeah, it's fascinating to me uh, from a political science perspective to watch the polls in relation to the impeachment proceedings. Um, I I think I'm speculating that it will come up. Um, It should come up, Leslie, in my humble opinion, because it's a a very serious matter. Um, However, that said... Um, I've been, I, I was just saying this to somebody yesterday. I don't remember a heck of a lot from law school. That, and I like ranked number nine, 190 out of 200 people in my law school class. But I do remember learning about Bordier or Wadir, however you want to say it, which is the jury selection process. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna criticize both Democrats and Republicans in the Senate on this one. And that is this. Anybody who's made a predetermination or a prejudgment on the outcome, this is supposed to be a trial. If you were in a trial in your county courthouse or your local courthouse, you would have been stricken from the jury pool for expressing a predetermined judgment or outcome. So, and it's not just the Republicans, although they are much more uh, inclined to be predetermining the outcome than the Democrats are, but even some of our Democrats are doing that. Uh, I say shame on them. So um, I hope it comes up, and I hope that that's the way we look at it. We want a fair trial. We need to hear both sides, and that includes data, information, and witnesses, because that's the way a fair trial is conducted. And I, I hope that all 100 of them truly start that trial with an open mind and listen to all of the evidence. I do think they're going to, the, the right conclusion will be probably that he was right to be impeached in the House. But again, it's a trial. So I hope that folks start becoming a little bit more fair about how they uh, go into the proceeding. I would agree. Let's talk about something that's come up most recently. Senator Warren says that she told Senator Sanders back in 2018 that she believed a woman could beat Trump in 2020, and that Sanders disagreed. Now, Senator Sanders denies saying that. It is he said, she said, literally. And how do you think this news is going to affect tonight's debate, especially because Warren and Sanders seem to have this unity pact and it's held up until now, uh, mostly throughout this race thus far. I noticed that Senator Warren, I think today, was quoted as saying, I'm not going to speak about it again. And if she does that tonight and doesn't bring it up, uh, I'm going to just simply say shame on her. Um, because this is not the first time we've heard a misogynistic uh, accusation involving Bernie Sanders or his staff. I mean, I have personal friends who uh, just a year ago were in an NPR article, Latina women, who were, um, 
you know, interviewed by NPR um, or some journalistic establishment. I, I hope I'm not wrong about that. It was NPR, but it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is that there seems to be a pattern with e- either him or men that work for him that um, were harassing uh, women um, in some way or shape or form. And so I hope she brings it up, Leslie. It's fair game. He has kind of run unscathed so far. And I think it's time, you know, he's not hesitant to bring up, you know, how'd you vote on this or what'd you do on that? So uh, to Senator Sanders, I say, you know what? Welcome to the real world. Now you're going to have to answer for this. But I, 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 listen, women are, in my opinion, are the most powerful electorate in this nation. And if they listen tonight and, and it does come up and they hear that this is possibly true, um, I think it will impact uh, Senator Sanders greatly, as it should. And I think you will see his numbers drop. Uh, I think there will be a dir- direct correlation between his numbers dropping if, in fact, she brings it up. I hope she does. I will be very, very disappointed if she doesn't. And do you uh, do you think when we look at this uh, that the surging that we've been seeing for Senator Sanders, not just in polls but in fundraising, um, it, it taking the lead in a tight four-way race in Iowa most recently, do you think the news will affect those trends? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I I I have not. Let me be very clear. I don't want anybody to uh, say that I have seen. A video, but I was just made aware of a video that I am told is circulating today. I have not seen it with my own eyes, but it, it in, allegedly involves a Sanders campaign male staffer um, inappropriately speaking about either a specific woman or women in general. Again, I have not seen it. If, in fact, that is circulating, and if, in fact, that is true, add it to these other problems and add it to what Senator Warren has said, add it to my friends who were interviewed, you know, a year ago. Uh, If that's a third situation, again, patterns matter. And if you can't control that men that work for you and they are speaking that way or acting that way, it does reflect on you. I don't care what anybody says. There's a, an environment of values that we share. And as a gay guy and as a Latino, um, I am very passionate about equality and treating all of one another as human beings uh, with mutual respect and with dignity. And if you can't do that, then you know what? You have no business frankly, as a part of our human family. Um, in a sentence, because I want to get two more questions in, so just a sentence or two to be quick. Um, we now have the 10th endorsement from a black member of Congress uh, for uh, Joe Biden. Um, is this significant news? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Look, I think every endorsement matters. I do. I I do not place probably as much value in endorsements that some other folks do, other Democratic strategists and operatives do. Um, But of course, it's nice to see Congressman Allred. I'm very proud that my cousin, Congressman Vela, was the first Latino member of Congress to endorse Joe Biden, and I'm proud that he did that. Okay, well, Mo, we are we are almost out of we are out of time. Thank you, Mo, uh, Mo Vela.